Hey there, before we get started, I always forget to say this. Would you please go and take a moment and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. It's super helpful, it helps people find the show, and it also gives me good feedback on how I can be making the show better, or how I can continue to be awesome. That was uncomfortable for me to say. Okay, thanks for doing that. All right, now we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We We hope hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) Well, thank you, even Lucy, and thank you for coming and being here and coming back. The first week is always like, all right, you know, everybody's going to show up on the first week because they're trying to help you out. But the second week, now that's where the rubber meets the road, and we've got the real family here now. So thank you for being here on Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. That's me. This show, we are going to spend time together traversing life. Some of the ways are going to be random and small. Some are going to be big and brave. And we will probably certainly fail together because we're not... Because See, it's live. We're going to fail together because we're not perfect. We're just doing the best we can. There you go. Uh, So for the first few weeks, I'm going to go over the format of the show. Yes, it is live. I am not editing anything. We are just going to run it. I do that uh, mostly and really because it just makes the whole thing more honest. I feel like if I don't give myself the luxury of editing my words, I will both choose them more carefully and you will hear them more honestly. So unedited, good or bad. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Also, this podcast is a newsletter and that newsletter dropped today. And so we will go through in this first section parts of the newsletter. I'm going to read the main article kind of um, audiobook style, but there's also other content in the newsletter that I hope you are reading. Love the newsletter, and I'm really proud of it. The second section is, we're calling it the free skate, and it will be all kinds of different things. Sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be a guest, sometimes it'll be you. That's what's going to happen today. I can't wait. Um, and honestly, sometimes if it's deep, I'm just going to skip it. So there you go. And finally, we will do some feedback and some closing fun stuff. If there is ever a giveaway, which heads up, keep listening. Late September, there's going to be a really good giveaway, like real good. Like, I wish I could sign up for my own giveaway. Not certain, but pretty certain that's illegal. Anyhow, it'll be in that final section. And it's live. So with that, let's get into it. going to read today's article. Issue 2, September 8th, 2022. Amy and Emily. Preface. I'm aware that I share parts of my life openly while obviously omitting others. And as a reader, I'm guessing this could present some dissonance or even dissatisfaction for you. But there are reasons. First, there are other people involved in my stories who don't need their private world scattered amongst internet eternity. And second, many of the stories are just still unfolding. They are too fresh, or they're not settled in my psyche for some reason, and I just need some time with some of it. So your patience with me as we traverse this together is deeply appreciated, and I hope worth it in the end. With that, here's this week's reflection on Emily and Amy. Somewhere between 2018 and 2020 pandemic eternity, our family made the big decision to move from the longtime comfort of friends and familiarity in Florida to the diverse and unknown of Arlington, Virginia, a suburb of Washington, D.C. There's more to say about this decision, and maybe we'll consider this together in the future, but for purposes of this week, 
It's worth noting that the almost deal-breaking con of Arlington was a complete desert of loving, deep, tested relationships. It was going to be just the four of us for a while, and we knew it would be hard. We also knew that finding our people was job number one if we were to survive. Note, job number one actually became a failing plumbing system that we discovered on the day we moved in. But once we paid a used Camry's worth to have it fixed, we were back in the pursuit of community. Then the bottom dropped out of our lives. Now, here's where I'll refer you to a minute ago when I told you that I just can't talk about everything now. This is that. But for the purposes of this article, I'll share that on September 1st, 2021, the pursuit for community ended and survival mode began. Yet somewhere in the weird abyss of it all, I received a text from Emily. It read, Eddie, Emily and I would love to drop off some, quote, welcome to the DMV, even though it's been a wee bit of time, goods next week. Would y'all, her words, y'all, she's a Floridian, would y'all be home sometime next Monday or Tuesday evening? You need to know at the time, I barely knew Emily. In fact, I'm shocked I had her number saved in my phone. Another note, I never save numbers and would appreciate you always starting your texts with, hey, it's insert your name. Now I'll begin my message to you. Anyhow, I didn't expect to hear from her and Amy. I really didn't know Amy. I knew of her and her reputation as an amazing person preceded her. But the fact that she was now coming to my house was, to quote the early 2000s, random. So here we are, these two women reaching out to welcome us to our new city. And they did something small, but really significant. They didn't ask us if it was okay. They didn't lay the burden on us and say, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? Which would effectively hand me the responsibility of planning. They simply said, we're showing up, pick a day. The burden of a new relationship Sorry, I'm going to try that again. The burden of a new relationship is so often put on the receiver by the pursuer. In an effort to be humble, the pursuer will gently offer vague overtures that sound like options, i.e., hey, want to grab coffee? Have a place you love? What works for you? But those are actually litmus tests of our rejection or acceptance. Now, don't get me wrong. It is so incredibly sweet to try and reach out in that way. I'm not shaming you if you do it, and I do it all the time. It is the courtship of friendship. But in a period of my life where all I could muster was making it through the day, I straight up ghosted anything or anyone that pulled any energy from me. I just could not do it. Then on Monday, Emily and Amy showed up. We kind of cleaned for them, but not really. We smiled, but not authentically. And they knew. We were so tired and spent that there was no option to give off any impression other than honest to God, no image cultivating ugly truth. That first night, Eve and Lucy, our daughters, fell in love with Emily and Amy. There was deep joy as they ran around the house, <laughs> sorry, as they ran around the partially cleaned house and played hide and seek. Emily hid in our shower. And this wasn't even the company bathroom, it was like the other one, the one you don't get quick cleaned for guests. Yes, things got very real that night. And they got even more real when the kids went to bed, drinks refilled, and the adults moved into the get to know you portion of our date. Yet in this season, because Bree and I were so emotionally raw and incapable of even the slightest attempt at acting, we told them how we actually were. We cried, asked huge questions about life that had no answers, and generally unloaded on our new friends who showed up at a very unique time. And guess what Emily and Amy did? They didn't give answers. They didn't give empty pleasantries. They really didn't even try to fix anything. They listened, cared, and 
don't miss this part, came back the next week and the week after. In fact, they've been coming back for a year and we get to see them so much that we don't even consider cleaning. I believe we call that love. We've celebrated birthdays, shared our lives, gone on trips, laughed, eaten too much, smoked meat, <laughs> cried a bit, developed inside jokes, and essentially shared in the spoils of this life together. They dress cool and love our kids for their uniqueness. They are insanely generous and okay with silence during our time together. They love us and have seen the very best and worst we have to offer, and we love them. Emily and Amy, though I've grouped them together for this whole piece, are very much individuals who have allowed us the privilege and dignity of a two-way friendship. I want to be the kind of person who shows up. I don't want to send good vibes to placate my conscience. I want to bake some bread, send a text, and get over there. And then I want to be present enough and disarming enough that the truth of the moment overrides the social maneuvering of a new friendship. Emily and Amy showed up at just the right time and in just the right way. I hope I can be that kind of friend. Okay, we're gonna move into the feedback section now. Got some uh, just really thoughtful feedback from you all. Uh, I put out a question on Instagram, I guess like a week ago, and it was just real simple, like where's a friend that's shown up for you? Or what was it like to have somebody show up for you? Um, and so many of you went to the feedback section, eddiecoffolds.com, feedback, slash feedback, um, and sent really thoughtful replies. I wanted to read a few of them, and then we're going to do something fun. Uh, but I want to read the first one. I feel like we need a little bit of scene set music here. But um, So Karen wrote uh, to me and said to us, and said, and she gave us her permission to share this, so it's fine. She said, early in our marriage, my husband and I walked the hard road through infertility. It's brutal. Because of the treatment I was undergoing, I had to do a blood test to check for pregnancy every month. The unending negative tests took their toll. One evening, I was supposed to have dinner with friends while my husband was at work. After getting yet another negative pregnancy test, I had my husband call and tell them. Oh, that's sad. I didn't realize that. She had her husband call and tell the friend that she could make it to dinner that night. She was just so distraught. Yikes. A short while later, my doorbell rang. I opened the door to find my friend with food and flowers. We ate, talked, laughed, and cried. She knew I needed her more than I realized. 27 years later, her outpouring of love still means so much to me. How about that? Karen, thank you. And Anne wrote, at the age of 37 with girls at one and a half and 10, I lost my husband after a month and a half's battle with lymphoma. The month and a half part got me. Like A month and a half, that's, that's no time. Uh, needless to say, my world turned upside down. My friend Jan realized that each new day also brought fresh grief. So she called me every morning at 7.30 for several months, not to offer platitudes or insights, but simply offering me a safe place to cry, pray, or process. A true gift. Thank you, Anne, for sharing that. So many people, um, I mean, just really kind of an overwhelming number of people talked about how people in their lives showed up or they showed up during illness or uh, pregnancies that were not to be or uh, just other really difficult times in their life, deaths in families. And it was just really overwhelming, but just reiterated the need for us to show up. But we also, <laughs> just to do a hard turn in the corner here, got another uh, email. And uh, I'm actually going to call the person right now who sent the e email. Her name is Allison. Uh, I've asked her if it's okay that I call. Uh, but let's just call Allison right now. 
Hi, this is Allison. Leave me a message and I'll call you back. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. At the tone, please record your Amazing. message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or this press 1 for We're more just options. The message together. Hi, Allison. It's Eddie. I'm calling from doing the best we can. We talked about me calling you. I'm going to call you right back. Okay, bye. <laughs> Why did I make it live? Hello. Hey, Allison. It's Eddie. Hi. How, are, How you? are you? Good. I want you to know that we just all heard me leave you a message as it went to voicemail the first time. Well, someone might not understand the do not disturb on cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you for being on uh, the show. It is nice to talk to you again. I'm not even going to be fakey and tell people that you and I are just meeting for the first time but because we talked the other day to make sure that this wasn't the weirdest moment ever to have someone call you. So hello again. Well, Hi, and I've listened to you for years. So really, I feel like we've already met. <laughs> old, old friends. Thank you for listening for yes. years. Okay. So uh, I just shared with everyone some of the other emails that I got. Some of them were super serious, uh, just people and friends showing up. <laughs> and then there was this other email that you sent um, <laughs> that I just like, I read it and I was, I don't know what I was doing. I think it was just on a walk and just started to laugh because it was just absurdity after absurdity after absurdity so um how, how do you how do you want first of all where are you right now i mean that's very where in the world yeah 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 very Just, specifically yeah. yeah we we live in modesto california okay which is in the central valley um so it's about an hour south of sacramento okay um yeah how many times have that's you met her. like leonardo dicaprio and famous people <laughs> If you ask me if I've ever been surfing, I'm going to have to say no. Oh, you've never been surfing. You never met famous people. You had a, I mean, no. Arnold was your governor at one point. So that's kind of, I guess, fun. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. It's true. People think California. It is a beautiful weather. We are very close to the mountains. We're very close to the beach. Um, but I do live in the Central Valley. So that's pretty far away from Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Okay. So more salient to the point. So you live in the Central Valley. And what do you all do in the Central Valley? I, I'm fully just setting up the whole premise here. What do you all do For in sure. the Central Valley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my husband and I farm almonds and walnuts here in this area. My husband, uh, he's a fourth generation farmer. Wow. And so he's kind of born into it. And that's what we do. We're farmers. Almonds and walnuts. Do, do they grow well together, I guess? They do. They do. Yeah. And we're in a really good region that has really good soil. And so both of them tend to do very well here. Um, so we have both. Yeah. Okay. A fresh almond is a magical thing. So they grow on trees. <laughs> do walnuts grow on trees? They do grow on trees. Say that again. Do walnuts grow on trees? They do. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever seen a walnut tree? No, no, I've never seen an almond tree. <laughs> I've, uh, no, I've never seen any of this. You can't know how little I understand about the your entire world. Um, okay, so okay. no, so all right, send pictures. All right, so you wrote, sure. My and I just want to take this a line at a time. I think this will be easier. My husband and I <laughs> were flood irrigating a field that had not been flooded in years. So, yes. okay, so typically a flood isn't a great thing. Why were you all flood irrigating a field, and why did you want it to be flooded? Okay, so when you are growing Amazon walnuts, one of the main things is water and California can tend to be a dry climate yeah. and um, very usually we're in a drought <laughs> we currently are yes um, so years and years ago you know men decided to capture that water and so 
they built dams, they built reservoirs. And so we get most of our water from the snowpack in the Sierra Mountains. Oh. Which then gravity flows down to us. And then they built, you know, over 200 miles of canals. And so our water comes from the Sierra Mountains through the reservoir system, through the canals to us. And so that's how we water our trees. Okay. But it had not flooded in years. So is this a result of uh, changes in climate or is this a result of, we're getting real scientific here, but this is what I'm interested (laughs) in and this is my show. And so I'm going to ask the question if that's okay. So Uh, is it because there's less snowpack or is it because the water is being routed away from your field? Or uh, neither. There's oh. there's strong incentives to use micro sprinklers and or and or drip lines. Oh. Back before those were a thing, all the floods were all the fields were flooded. And by flooded, I don't mean like a catastrophic event. I mean every three weeks you would flood the field to water the trees, about every 14 to 18 days, and that's how they got water. It's you would come through the pipelines from the canals, through the valve boxes, and the water would flood across the field. And you would do it every so often, and that's how you watered your mature trees. Now, a lot of the orchards in our area have sprinklers, drip lines, pump stations, that kind of thing. And so a lot of farmers have gone away from the flood irrigating method. This is fascinating. Okay. So (laughs) uh, we're going to have you back both for, well, we're going to have to just talk farming at length someday. But (laughs) we have to move forward because you then wrote... Okay, so the field hadn't been flooded in years, and now we kind of understand why. Consequently, there were gophers popping out everywhere. Now, in my mind, I see that whack-a-mole game from the arcade. Um, is that what's happening? Are there just like little, little like uh, Caddyshack gophers just popping out everywhere? Yeah, because uh, when you go to using drip or micro sprinklers, the gopher population is never um, killed back, so oh. they have a lot of fun overpopulating in your field <laughs> oh i see i see your your field yeah. becomes the place to be it sure does it sure and does. so we had gophers that were rising you know coming up out of their holes to avoid drowning and running throughout the field and then like up on the mound where the tree is so that's the problem because you can't just live harmoniously with these gophers because i'm like what's the big deal they're not like attacking you but they will mess up the trees Um, So this was a fairly young orchard, and so we've seen gophers eat the taproot off the trees and just kill the whole tree. Mm. Um, They also tunnel and leave mounds, so when you get closer to harvest time, you really want a smooth orchard floor so the nuts don't either, you know, go down in their tunnels or when you're sweeping and picking up your nuts, you're not, they're not getting stuck on gopher mounds. That makes sense. It does. It leaves me with a thousand other questions. How do you harvest uh, almonds? But I just feel like we have to keep moving. But that is okay. So the the harvest uh, deal is a whole other podcast. And yeah. you might be inundated with YouTube videos now as I send them to you because it's fascinating. I am a hundred percent into all of this. Okay. I, okay. So then there were gophers popping out everywhere, and then you write the sentence that really stopped me. By noon, our dog was exhausted from killing so many. And we were hours away from finishing. So you have a dog, and this dog goes out, and its purpose in this moment, and it knows, is to hunt gophers? Uh-huh. You can, um, you as a person can hit them with a shovel or, you know, slice down into their holes and Great. kill them that way. But dogs are also very helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had, at the time, we had um, half boxer, half Sharpe. Oh, yeah. Named Chandler. 
Uh-huh. And then that morning early, my dad had come over. Uh, they had a German Shepherd, Zorro, and they had a little terrier, Jack. And Jack was the hunter of all hunters. Okay. Um, he was very good at his job. He would not eat them. He would just pick them up, shake them until they were dead, and then move on to the next one. Dear Lord. <laughs> when I say this was very a very dark story, oh, I really Oh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I already cursed or earlier on in the, in the article, and I think I'm just going to have to put an explicit warning on this show because this is a lot. <laughs> if, if there's anybody listening, but this is adult talk, and we got to understand how to get the gophers out of here okay how to get them out of there so yeah. the, sh the showing up was uh you shared this somewhat macabre as you wrote story on social media and a friend showed up with the two mm -hmm. dogs and joined in our war against the creatures providing some much needed morale and so at some point are you all just sitting on the porch sipping lemonade and there are three dogs running around just in what was the great massacre of the farm <laughs> A bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I had uh, I had taken omelets out to Neil, my husband, as he was out irrigating, and we were all real tired of the gopher situation. So oh put it on social media. Our friend Rachel shows up. She had a schnauzer and a boxer, and it was like fresh blood. <laughs> my Lord. Well, uh, of all of the stories of showing up, this one was not the... It wasn't the most tragic, but if you're a gopher, it was absolutely the worst one. Um, but it, it was it was a very dark day in the gopher history here. <laughs> super dark day. Okay, I have one last question though, and it's kind of off topic and on topic, but um, I know that farming is incredibly uh, uh, amazing and rewarding, I'm sure, and also really hard. Like, how do you support? What's the best way for someone listening? to support a local farmer. So I hope if they're in your area, they will just go, can I, can people even buy almonds from you? Or do you like ship them out somewhere? Um, we ship them out, but okay. yeah, there's a lot of areas in, you know, our area to purchase them. Yeah. The crazy thing is that here in our Valley, 80% of the world's almonds are grown here. Wow. Which is, yeah, just in our, our Valley of California. And for walnuts, 38% of the world's walnuts are grown here. 99% of the United States walnuts are right here in our valley. So wow. it's, it's kind of crazy what all California can grow. And those those are just the, the crops that we grow. This I'm not even including the hundreds of vegetables and all the things that can grow here in California. So wow. very big agricultural community. Um, and the very cool thing is that it's a community and farmers show up for each other and, you know, help each other out. Um, it is hard work, um, but I am endlessly proud of my husband. He is a, a good farmer, and it's a really great thing to be in. Our kids are out running around helping. and That's cool. That we is, love it. <laughs> that is very cool. Um, okay, so support your local farmers and um, yes. and say goodbye to your gopher friends because it's going to be a rough road <laughs> for them. Thank you so much. Very rough. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for letting me just call you and put all this on the air. This was super fun to hear, but also a really good practical illustration of showing up. So thanks for bringing, bringing the hilarity today. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Happy to chat. <laughs> well, when I had the idea of doing a free skate, that was exactly what I had in mind. That was uh, incredible. And I'm super, super grateful uh, for her coming and sharing her story and for all of you sharing your story um in closing uh, just want to say make sure you check out the newsletter that dropped today the link is in the show notes i talk about my current obsession which is uh the rehearsal a show on hbo uh, a quote from that is inadvertently or maybe deliberately 
Uh, this show has skewered faith, voyeur culture, family, uh, and the host himself. So uh, certainly an interesting show to watch. I've been thinking about it. I talk about it a bit. You can, as always, leave me a message or drop me a line. Though be warned, you may end up being on the show, but I would love to have you. It'd be super fun. Uh, links are below, or you can go to eddiecoffolds.com. In the feedback section, as always, thank you to Uncle Jimmy for editing the newsletter. Thank you, Allison, for coming on, and thank you to the Gophers. I feel like, you know, they need our they need our care. These are hard days on Gophers. And finally, thank you. I am already hard at work on next week's and look forward to chatting with you very soon on doing the best we can.